guys so this is the christian chica and i don't know why since i've added this music now i feel nervous <laughs> um so uh but yeah i think it's cool anyway so today um just want to start off by saying god is good god is so good and i just want to give him all the praise right now and all the glory for everything, you know, that's been going well in my life, everything that's been going well in all of our lives, um, because it's real. It's real. So God is so good. And, um, yeah, you just, you, you have to be grateful for all the little things in life because, um, you know, if you have a roof over your head, if you ate today, you know, um, if you have a warm bed, you know, those are all things that we take for granted for sure. Um, or some, you know, a lot of people do, I do. And so I want to, you know, try and live a little bit slower and a little bit more consciously of, you know, the things that God has blessed us with in life, you know. And I promise I'm going to stop saying, you know, so much. <laughs> That's something I really have to work on because um, I'm actually getting a new job. So, yay. Congrats to me. The fir My first new job in four and a half years. <laughs> so um, this is going to be exciting. But So, yeah, I think we should all, um, you know, take a few seconds to think about all the things in our lives that we should be grateful for. And, you know, even, even if we don't have a lot for whatever you do have, because I understand that, you know, I understand that I've, I've been extremely humbled in my life since, you know, since childhood. So it's something that's been a constant, um, I don't know, you know, at the same time, how poverty, you know, humbles you and makes you feel, makes you grateful for everything and makes you into typically a very compassionate person, you know, because you understand the hardships in life. Um, you know, those are the bright sides, but the reality is that um, there's some serious trauma, most likely in your family, if... Um, you know, you, if your family generally is, um, in poverty or has always been, you know, either lower, very low middle class or in poverty. Um, so, um, that something traumatic happened in, at some point, you know, um, so yeah, yeah, we have to be grateful for everything, you know for the small things and even when we're not doing so well in life we have to look at everything on the bright side right because it's crucial it's crucial and um you know something something that i really learned in the bible it says that we're supposed to be giving 10 percent of our um income to charities or to less fortunate right so i've actually been doing that for the past uh three weeks i've given 10 percent of my check to um an orphanage that i found on facebook and um they're in uganda 
and it's legit. I was actually the one that reached out to them and um, asked them if this was their school and um, or something. And they say, well, it's it's our orphanage. And I asked him, are you char- are you in charge of it? And he said, yeah. And uh, so he told me that the only thing they had to drink was hot water with um, salt. The only thing they had to eat was hot water with salt at the time because they're not doing so well on um, food supply in their country right now. So I only had, at that time, I only had $28 in my account and I sent him $25 um, because I wanted to make sure that I had enough for a fee. And yeah, I'm just being real open about my situation right now, but (laughs) you don't know who I am, so whatever. But anyway, um, yeah, and so since then, you know, I've sent them about $25, $30 every week. So you can see, like, I wasn't, I'm not getting paid that well at the moment, at the moment, but, um, I did get that job. So I'm sorry if this sounds like a little choppy or something, but, um, I had to do, I just clear up some storage on my computer. So, um. I had to start and stop a few times. I'm sorry. (laughs) So anyway, um, so I'm extremely grateful right now because, um, I haven't been in a good position for a few years now and I have kids. So it's like serious, man. Um, but thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. I had a revelation the other day and, um, I'm going to be real. So, um, you ever have these these thoughts that like you know you want to share something and then there's something back your mind that tells you you know sometimes some things are just for yourself um and sometimes experiences with god is like that you know are like that um some experiences with god are just for yourself you know but i know that that god has placed me as a warrior you know, I've had reoccurring, reoccurring dreams my entire life about um, fighting, F- you know, physically fighting people, um, always one-on-one, not like a group of people. And um, they weren't bad dreams. They were good dreams. They were fun dreams. Like I had fun fighting these people. <laughs> and um, and as, as I've gone older, I've realized that the meaning behind those dreams um It has a lot to do with my mission in life, you know, because uh, I do have a lot of these internal struggles and um, I have to fight them out with myself, with other people, you know, Um, the whole thing about being a woman leader, right? Like, and I feel like this is an ongoing historically persistent theme is female leaders having to deal with men around them. So, so I understand that this is something that I'm not, I'm not the first person has, who has struggled, who has has seriously struggled with this. Because the thing is that I don't, um, 
I don't feel like many men are more capable than me. And I'm not saying this about men versus women type thing. I don't feel like many people in general. And I'm not saying to boost myself up. I'm just saying in general because um, I've done a lot of physically difficult things. You know, I've, I've, um, I used to swim in high school and uh, I did the longest race. Uh, <laughs> I did the longest race in swim. And I won, I won league championships. Um, out of all, you know, five other schools. And so, yeah, I mean, I didn't make it to to like, you know, state or anything like that. Um, But I did pretty well for only swimming for four years. So that, you know, um, I feel like I've done a lot of uh, mentally difficult things. And, you know, a lot of it not of my choosing. Um, I'll tell you a story. So when I was, I'm going to try and stop smacking my lips. I'm sorry. (laughs) When I was younger, I had a, had a boyfriend and we weren't in, in a good position at the time. And so he decided he wanted to do something illegal. And I didn't know about it. Okay. And he ended up in jail. So at the time I was in college and it was like finals week. Okay. When this happened. So I had a, I'm pretty sure I had to write an essay, you know, the longest essay of my whole career, my whole college career. Okay. Like a 20 page essay. I had to write an essay and I had to, I had to do all my finals, all my tests at the, um, during that week. So that was one of the most mentally taxing things I've ever done because it was trying to deal with the emotions of what's going on in my life while trying to do this incredibly difficult task at the same time. And despite that, you know, I got like an A plus on my paper. Frazier, I passed all my finals. Um, and yeah, you know, I also had two kids in a year and they weren't twins. <laughs> so one was born in January, one was born in December and uh, I didn't have any help besides my husband. You know, no family, no babysitters, no daycare, nothing like that. And that was really difficult. So... I see that, you know, I am a fighter. And I feel like being Chicano, being Chicana, that that's something in our blood. You know, we have to fight. We have to fight for everything we have. We have to fight to be respected. We have to fight to um, gain value, right? So yeah, and I don't I don't see it as necessarily something that I loathe or I, I don't like to do because I don't I don't mind the fight. I don't mind doing it. And that's another thing about I think about, you know, as being Chicana that that's something that comes natural to us. So I want to share something about um what I found in the Bible relating to the lineage of the Aztecs and Mexican people. So you may have heard of Kyrie Irving, apologize, who um, he's the basketball player that started speaking up about um, African-Americans being the 
the lost, one of the lost tribes, Israel. And he's right. And so are Mexicans. And so are, are um, Haitians, Cubans, Dominicans, American Indians, uh, Colombians, Uruguay, a few other places. And um, you can look up the lost tribes of Israel and the Hebrew Israelites um, online. And I'll show you um, all, all the tribes. But anyway, I have proof of this. There's uh, the Decalogue Stone in New Mexico. It's about a few miles outside of Albuquerque, which is actually where my family is um, originally from. And it's the Ten Commandments written in Hebrew, in ancient Hebrew. And the natives say it's been there since before they can remember. And I know this because my family have talked with them directly and this is what they told them so i want to i want to share a few things about the tribe of issachar issachar i don't even know if i'm saying it right it's like isaac issachar and these uh, this is what the um so pretty much believe it was abraham or Jacob. Oh God, I'm sorry. So pretty much there was these 12 sons, Israelite sons, and everyone, you know, descended from them, from God's chosen people. Okay. And each of those sons is, this, is one of the tribes. I'm going to share some verses. One second, please. <laughs> All right, this is what it says in the Bible about the people of the Aztec lineage. <laughs> so, Isaacar. Isaacar is a strong ass. I wish I could tell you where this is. Okay, Genesis 49. 14. Isaacar is a strong ass couch, crouching down between two burdens. So you know what it means when they say ass. It means donkey. And he saw that rest was good and the land that it was pleasant. And bowed, at, bowed his shoulder to bear and became a servant unto tribute. So the things that, that really like poked out to me or whatever <laughs> it was a strong ass so a donkey like that's a that's a pretty you know relative um that's something that you know that's associated with mexican culture um so a strong ass crouching down between two burdens two burdens america and mexico two identities two cultures Trying to fit in in a culture that isn't yours, but also trying to preserve your your own. Having a being immersed in a strange culture in your own land that you've never moved from. So, so yeah, that that wasn't you know. I, I deal with that on a daily basis 
that, you know, identity struggle. So the next thing it says, Genesis 49, 15, and he saw that rest was good and the land that it was pleasant and bowed his shoulder to bear and became a servant unto tribute. Rest was good. So, yep, rest is good. And you think about, you know, the way that we love to celebrate and to rest, you know, on the weekends. We work hard all week and we rest on the weekend. We have our parties, you know. And you see that across, you know, all, of course, like. So anyway, and the land that was pleasant, Mexico's beautiful. He bowed his shoulder to bear. So he bowed shoulder to bear. That means he to bear, you know, to to carry a load and became a servant unto tribute, became a servant to tribute. As in became a servant to to money, you know, or to, to, to someone paying you tribute. And even I was just talking about that is that I don't, you know, I don't even mind fighting or, or working, you know, cause that's how you get places. And the more, okay, let's see. It also says they were valiant men of mighty, of might in their generations. Oops, sorry. And the children of Issachar, which were men that had understanding of the times, to know that Israel ought to do, to know what Israel ought to do. The heads of them were 200, and all their brethren were at their commandment. 1 Chronicles 12, 32. So, like, look, had under, the men had an understanding of the times. Look at that. Look at the Aztec calendar. The Aztecs had definite understanding of the times. To know what Israel ought to do. I personally feel like I know what Israel ought to do. <laughs> I feel like we do. We have a sort of wisdom about things. And all their brethren were at their commandment. Let me tell you anything. If you're Mexican and you start any type of business or any type of venture, music, you know, fashion, um, any type of business, you know that we all got your back. That's something that I've seen, you know, across um, everything I've been involved in. You know, when I was in the hip hop industry, <laughs> I have a lot of experience. When I was in the hip hop industry, um, you know, as soon as anyone finds out I'm Mexican and they're, you know, and they're also Mexican, we automatically have this bond and we're automatically supporting each other. And all their friends are supporting each other, you know, and that's something that not every group of people has, you know, and we should be grateful for that and proud that. We can keep this or hopeful that we can keep this tradition going, right? And all their brethren were at their commandment. So true. It's so true.
valiant men of might. Man. Sorry. If you, you know, if you're, um, as if you're Mexican, Chicano, if you come from the Mexica people, I feel like you need to read these parts of the Bible. You need to understand. Valiant men of might. What was I saying about the whole fighting? That's in our blood. So anyway, um, you know, I hope to spread some knowledge about our ancestry and um, the truth behind things. And another thing I didn't even mention that's proof is um, they found that the Aztec language has traces, has influence from ancient Hebrew. So it doesn't get any realer than that. You know, the, the lost tribes of Israel traveled around the world and even says in the Bible that their seeds were spread out among the world and they mixed into the populations that were there. So if you're asking, oh, how come all these tribes don't look like each other if they're all the same or come from the same people? Because they mix into the population that were already there. Of the populations that descended from the sons of Noah, who were the only people after the flood. I've been given a lot of revelations recently. And I feel like I started getting a little weird on Facebook because I started posting a lot of biblical things. And um, I'm typically just posting normal, like funny stuff and whatever. So I think I'm getting a little weird, but not all the way. Because you know what? Um, I'm still a real person. And one thing my grandma told me, <laughs> it doesn't relate exactly the same way because it's different. I started getting into real spiritual stuff at some point. And my mom was like, my grandma told me, you know, that's cool, but just don't get weird. <laughs> and that's something I, I keep with myself that no matter how far you get into religion and Christianity and how close you get to God, you always have to be a real person at the end of the day. Like you have to be relatable. To people because how are you going to spread the word of God if they can't even relate to you right and that doesn't mean you know go party and get wasted you know just because everyone else is doing it and you want to be relatable with everyone else no um, just be yourself just be yourself you don't have to change you just be yourself and that's something I've had a hard time with as well it's like I feel like Christianity or Christians always think that you have to be a one type of way. You have to be a certain type of person, be Christian. Like, I'm sorry, I cuss sometimes. I'm, I don't cuss on God's name. And sometimes just split, us, you know, spills out from, you know, my past life. But I try not to. I smoke weed. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm going to have to say it. And speaking of that, I'm going to take my little smoke break. 
I have to. I'm sorry, guys. <clears throat> I said this podcast was clean. No. <laughs> I'm definitely going to have to change that. So internal struggles people not believing in you always feeling inadequate imposter syndrome all of it I didn't even know what imposter syndrome was and then as soon as I looked it up and realized I was like oh my gosh this is what I've been dealing with huh <laughs> At least it has a name and I can, you know, identify it and be like, okay, now that I know, I can change this around. And if you don't know, imposter syndrome is when you, um, you, uh, um, you like can't believe that you're like doing the things that you do or that you're really the person, like pretty much it's like, you don't, somehow you think like maybe it just, things just fell into place by luck or by, um, some random occurrence and that you're not actually the reason for it happening or that you didn't your achievements your achievements didn't have anything to do with it it was just luck or something so that's pretty much you know kind of what imposter syndrome is um in my perspective how i see it how i experience it and um it's something i really have had to deal with you know being and i feel like Oh, I think I've actually read that women have a lot harder time with um, imposter syndrome. And that's because, you know, we we doubt ourselves in a lot of things just because we're told stereotypes about women in this or women in that. Women in math, women in science, women in engineering, women in mechanic, mechanical, you know, jobs, women in leadership. I'm sorry, this is always something that gets me. <laughs> it gets me so hard. And you guys, this is why. I'm a fucking leader. I'm a leader. God made me a leader in my heart, in my soul, in my body, every bone. And I can't hide it. I can't stop it. I can't control it. This is just who I am. And that's how God made me. And I don't think God made me like this. And then it's going to turn around and say, well, but you're supposed to be submissive, but you're not supposed to be a leader, but you can't lead men, but you can't preach the gospel to men. Like what? What? Why? When I have so much to tell and so much to influence and so much, you know, good to do in the world. I'm having this constant battle with my, with a family member of mine over this issue. Who's a woman who's a Christian woman and thinks that women can't lead. And then when we finally came to an agreement about it, where she admitted where she said, I never said anything like that. Or, you know, she tried to backtrack. Um, so she probably, you know, pretty much agreed with me and then turned around and said, Oh, but the people like Esther and, and Deborah in the Bible, um, 
God only chose them because there wasn't a man around available. Are you kidding me? So that's crazy. It's crazy that another woman would even think that or that would even come out of her mouth that she would undermine herself so hard, her kind so hard that she has to come up with things like that. That's crazy to me. That's so crazy. And I even told her, you made that up. If you show me a verse right now that says God cho- only chose these women because there wasn't a man available. Because until you can show me a verse that says that, we can just assume that's wrong. But anyway. I'm getting too passionate here. I'm getting too passionate. That's been my life. Too passionate. <laughs> you know what? I might be a little... I don't know. Whatever the hell I am, I'd be love that. But I'm not fucking lazy. I'm not fucking a liar. I'm not undermining God's decisions and God's creation. I might be a lot of things, but I'm not any of those. Thank you, God. I want to take this moment right now. Thank you, God, for everything in my life. Thank you, God, for everything in all of our lives. Thank you, God, for creating us, for loving us, for making us perfect in your eyes as your children. And um, I hope we can have the faith in you and the belief that you will fulfill all our wishes because we have faith that we are searching for the truth that we are good to other people that we believe in you most of all that we believe in you we have to also follow we have to follow the ten commandments and follow jesus and follow love and follow you know all the all these things helping the less fortunate helping the oppressed you know fighting for justice We have to do all these things in God's name for him. We have to be brave. We have to be strong. And we have to remember that. You know, he's always here for us. So thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. So it saddens me that it saddens me that, you know, I can't be for some, for however many people, it's like I'm just looked at differently because I'm a woman. And so many, I guess, so many Christians' eyes, I don't get it. Because it's typically Christians that believe in the whole dominant, submissive crap. So yeah, I just I just don't get it, you know. I was thinking the other day 
is difficult to be an intelligent woman. It's very difficult because you, you're always going to be undermined. You're always, you're never going to be credited for your intelligence completely, you know. And maybe this is just my experience and I'm just being pessimistic. (laughs) But, you know, it feels like this is constant, man. It's just constant. And then being a freaking brown Mexican minority woman. Oh my gosh. You have the double, this freaking double oppression, right? You get it from society and you get it at home. Or from, you know, the people close to you, from people, the men in your own community. Or men outside your community. All, you know, so. <sighs> yeah. So I think I um I, I started writing down a few things to talk about because I realized I was just rambling on my other episodes and um it went okay but I wanted to have some more direction. So another struggle. I never exactly wanted to be popular. I thought I did. And um when I started doing things, it kind of came naturally. You know, people kind of naturally liked me. I never got crazy views or crazy numbers, you know, just in a f- like few hundreds or so. Um, and, um, but I never, I hated doing any sexy type photos. You know, I would do like little subtle things, but not like you know, totally putting myself out there. I never showed, like, my ass or nothing. Even though that's apparently normal now. I'm not judging people, but I personally just am not comfortable with that. I'm not that type of girl. Like, um, I'm not saying it in a bad way. I'm just saying me personally. Like, I love actually, like, actually, I don't know. I don't like men ogling me and I like wearing clothes. I don't know. It's a fucking, it's a sensory thing. (laughs) I like wearing my clothes, but, um, and I don't like the idea of like other men, other women's husbands looking at me like that. So uh, especially ones that are like close to me, like my friend's husband or something. So that's pretty weird. That's why I don't do that type of stuff. Really. I did, you know, post pictures. I used to, you know, model and all that. Um, But I decided recently, after God showed me, um, that I don't want that type of life where I'm posting my, all my stuff on social media and, um, my, or my family's photos or, you know, my whole life or whatever. It's just, I just don't like it anymore. I want to have a private life, you know, 
And even with this, like, I'm, I'm giving you guys a lot of my business, but you don't know who I am. And even if someone could recommend, recognize my voice, I don't know who, because I, you know, I hardly know people like that or really hung out with people like long enough for them to know, to remember. It's only been my real close friends. So whatever. So yeah, these are the struggles. These are the struggles. <laughs> these are the modern day struggles. So another thing. Um, I've been in the presence and company of prostitutes. And was almost living that lifestyle. Sugar babies. They're prostitutes. No matter how you look at it. Okay, you're exchanging something for something that's a prostitute. And there are so many girls who are living that lifestyle and think it's just totally, it's just a totally acceptable way to live. And it's not, you know, it's not like you, of course, people are always in bad situations and, you know, you make bad choices, but um, you can't you can't keep that as a lifestyle or you can't come from a good, nice, well-to-do family and then become a a prostitute just because you want like extra money. Like, no, I was being extremely greedy. The only time I see that as acceptable is like, yeah, if you're really down in the freaking dumps, you have kids to take care of, you have this or that, like you're about to be, you know, homeless or I don't know like there has to be some real extreme situations kids are starving like not just like oh I want to I want to afford Beyonce tickets (laughs) imagine right now imagine how many girls is that a thing I hope not but it probably is (laughs) <laughs> how many girls are selling are selling themselves for Beyonce tickets right now crazy so that's the world we live in I was watching the parent test and um, this woman said that we're at war with our children not with our children but you know our families are at war with the world in, in terms of you know good versus evil and it's pretty true. It's pretty true. Especially in today's age, you know, like it's extremely obvious where the, where the world is going. Um, and I'm going to be real, like Jesus is going to come sometime soon. Maybe not in our lifetimes, but maybe in the next one. Maybe in the the lifetimes right after ours or right after that one or right after that one. I see that as a possibility because look at the world like you know um all this all this sexual stuff is like rampant people have no morals there's no sense of decency or respect or dignity for yourself like it's just really it's crazy you know 
So it's not to scare you or none of that stuff. It's just real. It's just real. It's okay. If you believe in Jesus and God, you know, you'll be fine. If you repent your sins and if you try your best to, you know, follow what Jesus taught, you'll be okay. There's not, you know, a lot to worry about. It's actually good, you know, it's good because they're going to, you know, God's going to put all this stuff to an end. He's going, (laughs) he's going to vanquish the evil. And we should rejoice over that. So, I was like, this is, it's so great that I don't even want to stop talking about this kind of stuff. I had like a whole week or two where I was just obsessed with freaking learning about the flood and the end times because he even says that in the end times now, it's going to be like in the days of Noah. In the days of Noah, people were living just for themselves they're just partying you know um adultery fornication um just living for pleasure not for god having idols building idols and worshiping idols so it's just real it's just real in he, it says um, Hebrews 8.10 in the last days here let me see <laughs> a ver I don't care about what. Oh, let me see. I guess. Okay. Hebrews 8.10. King James Version. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, said the Lord. I will put my laws into their mind and write them in their hearts. And I will be put to them. I will be to them a God and they shall be to me a people. We are his people. We are his people. That's another thing it says about the last days. And see here, everything I'm saying right now is from my heart. It's written on my heart. That's why I'm fighting so hard for it, okay? And why I have to, I have to fight Christians and I have to fight atheists. It's crazy. I have to fight both groups. <laughs> so let's see. So Acts 2.17, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Uh, Man, when I tell you. See, I'm just trying to bring the word of God to people, you know. 
and I have to be criticized because I'm a woman and I'm not taking it seriously maybe because I'm Mexican so all these things coming coming at me and I'm fighting still and I'm fighting I made a joke on Facebook. I'm like, um, I'll wake up and be like, my dreams, my dreams told you, to, oh, hold on, hold on. my dreams told me to tell you, my dreams told me to tell you, dot, dot, dot. I told my husband the other day, um, I woke, I woke up at, and at some point in the day I told him, my dreams told me to tell you that, um, you just need to let our dark know that it's okay for her to cry. Because you always get mad at her when she starts crying. But she needs to be able to cry. You know. You need to let her know it's okay. Because I saw that in my dream. Um, and I think he really did take it to heart. And so I'm really happy for that. Because he was having he was having a hard time with her. Because he just didn't know. He didn't know. Too stressed to figure it out. Same time. So all I'm hoping to do is, you know, spread the message of truth of the gospel of what Jesus taught. I do take the Bible literally. The the flood did happen. God did create the world in six days. Jesus was real. Jesus brought Lazarus back to life. He was, he is the son of God. All those things are true. All those things actually did happen. I keep saying I'm going to come back and talk about Esther and Deborah. And I still haven't read their stories. But I'm going to. Because it means a lot to me. Because I want to honor them. I want, I really want to honor them. Because it's not easy. Is not easy being a woman, being a strong woman, being a woman leader. But I'm going to end this because my kids are up. So, amen. Thank you all.